You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with radio talk show host Dan Gilman, Cindy Gilman's son. So listen, participate, be inspired, know that you can discover your potential. Here is Dan Gilman. Hi, everyone. I am Dan Gilman, host of Discover Your Potential. And last week, I stated a quote that when my mother had introduced Dr. Eben Alexander and Karen Newell, she said it sparked that spirit of her soul. Well, today's guest does that just for me. Well, for many people. Every once in a while, a guest will appear that sparks the spirit of my soul. And before I introduce our guest, I wanted to read a short poem that I found in my mother's treasure trove of poems, writings, spiritual items, and classes that she once pulled together. It is called The Journey In. The Journey In. Of all the journeys I begin, I fear the most the journey in. Into self, to my very soul, I fear this play without a role. No one has been where I would go. So there's no way that I can know what lies ahead, or is it back? Time is only an endless track. The path I find has been well-worn. Now I do not feel forlorn. The way in, in is the way back out, and now I see what it's about. A hungry searching find the best. Then know that ease, the ease that comes with rest. This journey in I can't explain. This answer is to a world of pain. And that's by Don Richardson. And today's special guest I want to introduce is the amazing Anthony King. Stephen Anthony King, sorry. Stephen is not only an author of a book called It's Really Good to See You, might add that the same name of his book is brilliant and extraordinary. And he will share with all of us the reason why. And I actually have, I'm lucky to have a copy of it with me right here. He is a well-known public speaker, certified relationship coach, talk show host, and co-founder of Complete Chocolate Couples. I want to welcome Stephen Anthony King. Hey, Dan, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you, my friend. And it's really good to see you. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, it's really good to see you. Your your book has inspired many, uh, including myself. Thank you. And I'd, and I'd love to also share, we have a video clip too. Sure. Uh, that I would love to share with everyone and see if this will, if this will work really well, (laughs) if people will be able to hear it or not. So I'm going to add that now. Fantastic. And 17. I was being rolled up to the operating table for the first of four operations, not knowing if when I came down, I would be able to see or not. May 16th, 2021, four years to the day, I am celebrating with family and friends the launch of my book, It's Really Good to See You. My man back there, Mac, was on the Zoom call. Four years to the day. You know, I don't like to say it, it's cliche-ish, but won't he do it? (laughs) Four years to the day, 
he's not telling me, and I didn't tell you, right? The first doctor that I went to that diagnosed me with my, my condition, right? He refused to operate on me. Remember, I told you I had already had 10 surgeries. He said, my eyes are landmine. And he started recommending companies that would have visual aids. He pretty much was telling me, you're going to go blind. But Les Brown also taught me something. There's eyesight and then there's mindsight. Eyesight is what you see. Mindsight is what you know. And you better rock with what you know. Because if I would have went on his word instead of his word, there is no it's really good to see you. That's it, Dan. Oh, it'd be nice if I unmuted my mic. <laughs> <laughs> so it, that was incredible, as I mentioned uh, before I could remove that from the stream. But that that's just extraordinary. I would love for you to talk to to talk about the day that you actually brought your autographed book to that doctor. It sounds just extraordinary. Uh, very surreal. Very, very surreal experience. Uh, my doctor knew that I was writing the book and um, I got really choked up. I'm getting a little choked up now mm-hmm. because it was just kind of, um, it was the stamp of closure on the entire experience, if you will, uh, to be able, you know, remembering when I first went into his office, not knowing what to expect, petrified. And again, I had gone to maybe three other doctors prior to him, and and they didn't, um, they just didn't feel right to me. And going to him, not knowing if he was going to say, yeah, you have a condition, but we can't operate on you or I can't operate on you. Um, and then him telling me, you know how doctors are, they're very, <clears throat> they never give you a guarantee. I call it the doctor's guarantee. It's, um, it's percentages. They never want to guarantee. And, and I understand, I totally understand the position they're in. They, they never want to be, you know, on the hook if something doesn't go the way that they, they told a patient that it would go. And I was just petrified. And then to come back four years later, um, you know, with a totally different mindset, with a totally different energy, with a totally different emotion was extremely gratifying and overwhelming, to be quite honest with you. And uh, and I, I actually got emotional. I tried not to show him, yeah. <laughs> but, but I got emotional. And he's a very, <clears throat> very straight faced type of individual. You know, he's an older doctor in his 70s, and I'm sure he's seen a lot through his uh through his career. So he doesn't show a lot of emotion. And, um, you know, 
I, I was like, oh man. I've met a lot of doctors like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I felt a bit embarrassed because he didn't show emotion whatsoever. He was like, thank you, Steve. This is great. You know, I'm glad everything worked out. And, and, that was, I almost wanted to say, come on, doc, that's it. <laughs> that's all you got for me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. But well, if I had to sum it up in one word, it would be, it would be extremely gratifying going back into his office. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. And, and with, and with uh, the creators or, or God's help, it really turned out really well. hundred percent. Yeah. And I believe, and and my mother believed too, and not only, not coincidences, like I I remember hearing another uh, interview that that you had with with somebody, I don't know if it was, um, it it was some other interview that you had, Mm -hmm. and and you said something about, you know, that either whether it be a coincidence or not, but there's no coincidence to, to, to what happened, or you said something about what if... I did this or what if I did that, but there's no coincidence. It was supposed to happen the way it does. Correct. And, and, and to your point, I believe that coincidences are God's way of staying anonymous. I truly believe God is in the mix of everything. 100%. And you're right. It happened the way it was supposed to happen. I'm also a big believer that things don't just happen to you. They happen for you. And we've often heard that, that, that uh, quote before, but I've added to it that things don't happen to you. They happen for you to help Mm. others. And I truly believe that with, with my entire heart right now, based on where I am today and, and the mission that I'm on to spread this message of hope. Yeah, that's, that's extraordinary. Can you tell us more about the book? Cause I know I don't want to give it away. I want I want others to to actually buy the book because it's okay. it is it is amazing and wonderful. But just p- bits and pieces, I think, uh, you know, even you know, you have a forward from from Les Brown, yeah, which is extraordinary. Okay. Uh, I, I tend to use that word extraordinary a lot, uh, and it just I've I was I've been able to read. Uh, through the majority of the book, which I'm really excited about, mm-hmm. but there, there's some certain parts that I that I just that can that I connect with, uh, just even from my own life. Mm-hmm. So, but I'd love to hear uh, a kind of a summary or some synopsis of of people who are interested in learning more and getting the book. And sure. we'll also at the end of the show, I'll also be putting the links and and everything. It's not only on the website, but it's also uh, it will it will also be on YouTube and all, also in the show notes on the podcast. And I also uh, before you go into that, I'm sorry because I forgot to mention this. If any of you want to talk to uh, Stephen Anthony King, our call in number is one eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight. I think I added an extra eight, but it's eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight. And you can call in, or you could even chat on on YouTube, or you can also go into Clubhouse. Great, thank you. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that out there. No, by all means. So I'll I'll start by giving you the backstory, which makes the book that much more su- suspenseful. I was born severely nearsighted. I had my first eye surgery when I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. I had three more by the time I was sixteen. I lost sight in my right eye shortly after college. 
And by 2016, I had a total of 10 eye surgeries and I only had sight in the left eye. So when I go to the doctor, there's no spare in the trunk. <laughs> I was diagnosed with what's known as a macula hole. And, you know, to keep it simple, it's just think of it as a pothole in your retina, mm. which affects the central vision, pretty much wipes it out. Now, you know, some might say, well, okay, you don't have the central vision, you have your peripheral, but due to all the scar tissue of the 10 previous surgeries, I was, I'm very limited with peripheral vision. So if, uh, if I didn't do anything about this macular hole, pretty much I was going to be blind. And, um, you know, the story begins with me getting diagnosed. And as you hear in the, the clip that we played, the first doctor, because of all the surgery, he didn't want to, he, he didn't want the risk on, on his record you know, of this not going, you know, well. And I understand that. I, I, I have no ill will or no ill feelings to him. Um, he did what he thought was best, you know, based on his, his knowledge. And he was a very experienced doctor as well. But I left his office, you know, and immediately went to all the negative thoughts. I went to the, the seeing eye dog, the cane. My wife's going to leave me. My children I won't be able to provide for. I'm not going to be able to have a quality relationship with my granddaughter, who at the time mm -hmm. was three. And as I'm walking, I'm in, I'm in New York City, the Upper East Side on 86th Street between Park and Lexington mm -hmm. Avenue. And as I'm walking, I told myself, you need to snap out of it. And at that point, I made a decision that... I'm going to do my part. I'm going to put in as much effort as possible. And if I go blind, then it would be God's will and not due to a lack of effort on my part. And, you know, um, in, in, uh, in our Hungry to Speak Academy, we have homework where we have to use willpower as an acronym. And for me, the W, the first W in willpower is Y, W-H-Y. I needed a why that would fuel me to not give up. And my why was my family, you know, because I didn't want <clears throat> to go blind saying, what if, what if I would have just put a little more effort in that would have haunted me, not just for myself, but again, the burden that would have rested on my family to take care of me. And I'm a very spiritual individual. And I totally believe that God's will is God's will. But I play a part in that, you know, I, I, I do play a part and I just wanted to make sure that I was going to do everything in my power and then leave the results up to him. And that fueled me. So from that point, I went and, and sought a second opinion. I went and sought a third opinion. I went and sought a fourth opinion and uh, landed Dr. Chang. And just to give you context, Dr. Chang is without exaggeration, the best doctor in the world for the type of surgery that, uh, that I needed. His name is Dr. Stanley Chang. And for those of you, you can Google him. He's been in the business for over 40 years. 
He was the chairman of the board for the Columbia Ophthalmology Department here in New York City. And he's created procedures that are used around the world today. And I believe that it was because I didn't give up. I sought and I sought and I sought. And I believe that God met me at my level of effort and landed the top doctor in the world for the surgery that I needed. And um, so we go on to have uh, this surgery. And it's one of the only surgeries that when you leave the operating table, you're not healed. Um, Back to my effort and my part. For two weeks, I had to hold my head down like this. Because they inject after at the end of the surgery, they inject a gas bubble in your eye to support the retina as it heals. So if you kind of envision a, a, a jar of juice that's that's not fully, that's not completely full, mm-hmm. but it has a bubble in it. When you turn it to the side, the bubble kind of goes up. And that's that's the premise behind the gas bubble in your eye. I had to keep my head down for the bubble to rise and support the retina. Now, try holding your head down. And this is 24 hours a day. There's no breaks. I actually had to have special equipment brought to my house, like the massage chair you see with the hole in the in the pad. I had to sit in that. I had one that I laid in. And when I was sitting up at a table, I had one. And so 24 hours a day holding your head down, there's immense pressure on, on the back of your neck. So not only was it emotionally taxing, it was physically taxing as well. Um, I have this surgery and it doesn't go well. And I have to have another surgery and that doesn't go well. Hmm. And then I have another surgery. And throughout this, in the book, without giving too much away, um, I'm detailing the emotional roller coaster that I'm going on. But I'm also detailing the techniques that I use to not go stark uh, raving mad. <laughs> Again, I relied on my spirituality. So I prayed more than I ever prayed in my life. I meditated more than I had ever meditated in my life. I affirmed more than I had ever affirmed in my life. And I visualized more than I ever visualized in my life. My anchor thought became when I got those negative thoughts, which came often, my anchor thought was seeing my my three-year-old granddaughter graduating from college and me celebrating, you know, like I never celebrated before. And that became my anchor thought, which would shift the mindset from all the negative thinking. And I'm, I'm big on, 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 you know, the mind uh, being connected to the body in terms of healing. But you definitely have to be intentional about pointing your mind in the right direction. So that's the story. Uh, Finally, the third surgery took hold. And, you know, the book chronicles, you know, from the end of that third surgery to a year later where the doctor tells me, Steve, I think we finally got you out the woods. (sighs) Dan, at that point, I was so overwhelmed with gratitude that I committed right there in his office uh, that I would share this story with the world. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that I needed to share this story because I believe that gratitude is not just saying thank you. Gratitude is an action, Mm. and I needed to take action. 
So I asked the doctor, listen, is there anywhere I can go speak and share my story? And the doctor said, well, you know, I don't have places for you to go speak, but from time to time we have uh, people who come in with serious surgery. And, um, and about a month later, I get a call from an individual. And without giving up too much of the story, I turned my painful experience into purpose because I started helping someone else who was just about to embark on that journey. So that's that's a, a synopsis of the book. And there's also there's also I would be remiss without mentioning there's also uh, the story within the story, which I like to call the love story. Mm-hmm. And it's the story of my wife. Uh, really just just taking charge and doing everything for me. She became my eyes when I could not see, you know, she has a very demanding job with a lot of responsibility. They allowed her to work from home to take care of me, but she had to give me eye drops three or four times a day. We had to go to doctor's appointments three to four times a week. She had to make all my meals. She had to make sure that I was comfortable at all times. If I had to get up, she had to stop what she was doing and guide me through the house. And all while having to answer to the rigors of her own demanding job. That's incredible. So, you know, I definitely am blessed to have a Proverbs 31 woman. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. You you have kids too, correct? I do. I do. I have three kids and I have one uh, granddaughter who is my heart. She really is. So she was helping with three kids too during this process too, I'm assuming. Well, Fortunately, my kids were all adults. Oh, uh, they were okay. Yeah, my youngest daughter was in college, and my two oldest were working, and uh, you know they had their own places where they lived. So you know, um, it was lucky. We were lucky that she didn't have that burden as well, or that responsibility, I should say, as well. It was just her and I in the household for the most part. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about? I know in in the past too you talk about purpose. Yes. And and that's a big proponent. Well there's three, right? Three big proponents. Would you like to I'd love to hear more about that uh from, you know, to talk about those three propon- the three components and and your purpose, what you feel is your purpose. Well, I I think we all are are created with a purpose. Yes. And the sad part is not just that most of us don't achieve that purpose. Most of us don't even question that purpose. We're running on default because I believe if you question it consistently, it will come to you what you're supposed to be doing. And you know, Dan, I, I've chased a lot of things, worldly things throughout my life and acquired them, you know, money, property, prestige. And it's just not fulfilling. It's almost when you when you achieve it, it's like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where's where's the big O? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yes, and there is nothing more gratifying than to be able to help someone just because you can. Yes, you know, that's worth more than all the money in the world. All, all the prestige in the world, nothing can compare to that feeling. And I have now shifted my mindset from pursuing things to pursuing my purpose. 
And I believe, first of all, I believe that the the universe is infinitely abundant. There is no lack in the universe. And when you're operating on the, the your highest frequency in sync with the universe, you get blessed with abundance. Case in point, Les Brown. How I met Les Brown. In 2018, I knew I was going to write a book. I started visualizing, sending emails to Oprah Winfrey, Steve Harvey, and Les Brown. I kid you not, Dan. Wow. And in January of this year, Les Brown was on Clubhouse. And, you know, I told this story yesterday in a summit. And, you know, I had been up for about 24 hours working on the book, finishing it up. And uh, my wife says about nine o'clock on a Friday night, Les Brown's on Clubhouse. So, you know, I love Les Brown. Um, I wanted to show respect and I wanted to listen in. And when we when we tuned in, we found out that people were giving little, you know, two to five minute presentations. My oh. wife immediately said, you've got to get on. And I immediately said, honey, I'm not ready. I'm 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 beat. I'm tired. I've been up for 24 hours. I just want to listen. And my wife said, you mean to tell me you're too tired to talk to Les Brown? (laughs) And that's not it. Then she kind of sucked her teeth and said, whatever, right? (laughs) (laughs) And that was the fuel. That was the why that fueled me. I didn't want to disappoint my wife. The look of disappointment on her face, um, I couldn't accept it. And especially knowing that I was, you know, the culprit of that disappointing look. So I put a pot of coffee on and I paced my floor for two hours, Dan, two hours waiting for my opportunity to speak to Les. And when I got my opportunity, I spoke to him for five minutes. And in those five minutes, he offered to write the foreword for my book. Oh, that's incredible. You, You can't make this stuff up. Yeah. And, you know, I'm walking with the lion now. I can put Les Brown's name on my book. Right. You know, again, purpose. And again, the universe giving you everything that you need to fulfill your purpose. You know, <clears throat> not just Les Brown, but a host of people um, in the publishing realm that I met on Clubhouse and the wonderful community that has come about and blossomed from the Hungry to Speak Academy, um, which is Les Brown's Academy, you know, such as yourself. I'm doing this podcast as a result of meeting you in the Hungry to Speak family. I think it's divinely ordered for me, again, to be able to get the message out. And and the universe is just putting in my path the vessels to do so. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. That's incredible. So when did you actually start your your book, actually. When did you start writing your book? I started writing the book in, um, I would say, the beginning of 2019. I'll never forget. One of our daughters lives in Florida, and we were down there for the Christmas holiday. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting at a restaurant. And uh, I love Florida, but not during Christmas time. There's no Christmas spirit there, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's just, it's just a, a Twilight Zone experience, for real. Mm-hmm. But um, we're sitting at a restaurant. And every, every, um, every, you know, at the end of every year, uh, we do two things as a family. We, we look back and reflect 
on the goals that we set at the beginning of the year to see if we achieve them. And we also set goals for the upcoming year. And, you know, as we're sitting there, my goal was to start writing the book. So I started, I started writing it in, um, in the beginning of 2019. Oh, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So, and, and you met Les Brown when again? Was... Uh, the beginning of this year, 2021. 21. Okay. Yeah. So you, your book was already in the making at that yeah. point. It was, it was, it was close to being completed actually. Wow. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So uh, I know you, you, you spoke about purpose and, and um, what, what is it that you want to give to our audience actually today? I know you love to touch people's lives. Yes. And, and that's really a big proponent of, of what, the work that you do, but is there something that you want to give to our audience uh, today about, about not just purpose, but about just giving and, and just the work that you do? Well, that's a great question. And thank you for the opportunity to elaborate on that. I, I, I'm just a firm believer that the more you give, the more you have to give. Mm -hmm. I think that's the whole kind of dynamic behind currency. Yeah if you will. You have to keep it flowing. You have to keep it flowing. So one of my prayers every morning is thank you, God, for showing me who to help today and giving me the power to carry it out. You know, I was on, uh, I was on a podcast the other day and a gentleman breaks up phenomenal uh, concept that he has. He, he breaks his day up into five components. Mm. There, there's there's purpose, there's money or income, whether you're gaining it or giving it, uh, there's knowledge, there's health, and then there's confidence. And I thought it was, it was a great checklist to have. And purpose is definitely on there. Who did I help today? You know, and I believe <clears throat> that the collective mindset of everyone in Hungary to speak is service. And it starts with our fearless leader, Mr. Les Brown. You know, most most people know him for his celebrity, but I I can say with every fiber of me, and I'm sure you 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 will echo my sentiment that his heart is bigger than his celebrity. And um, he does things just because he's in position to do so. And if there's one thing that I would give to your audience, it's that, that whatever your special gift is, whatever comes easy to you, whatever you have, don't look at it to hoard it. Give it away. Help yeah. someone else. Help someone else. And, and it doesn't have to be on a major platform where you're helping the masses. You know, your next door neighbor, you know, your coworker. Take time out to talk to them. Somebody needs to hear your message and things that you've gone through. I've also learned, Dan, that, you know, there's a funny thing that happens to pain when you mm -hmm. transform it into purpose. It doesn't hurt anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt anymore. You know, we've taken this pain because some of us are still living in the pain of the past. And it's affecting our, our present and it's affecting our future. And I said yesterday on the summit that you can't drive through life looking in the rearview mirror. Eventually, you're going to crash. 
You have to learn how to let that stuff that happened in the past that hurt that pain, you have to let it go. And what better way to let it go than to use it for good, to help someone else? Because you're not the only one who's gone through whatever it is that you have gone through. And what better way to connect with someone um, who will say to you, you don't understand my pain. And you can say, well, yes, I do, because I've been there. And this is how I got through it, you see. And I was able to do that with someone. And, and it's so funny, the gentleman that I, that I was able to help had a similar situation. He only had sight in one eye. And, mm. you know, he said to me, I never thought that I would find anyone that I could identify with. Wow. And because he was able to identify with me, he was able to trust me. And that goes a long way because I could have given him everything that I had. And if he didn't trust me, he wouldn't have received it and he wouldn't have applied it. But I think the true measure of trust is being able to identify with an individual, not just not just telling them what you did, but connecting with them and connecting with their pain. You know, I think that creates a bond that uh, that is immeasurable. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you got it. It's it's interesting that a month afterwards you got to actually help that person through that whole process of what you went through. Correct. And again, I believe divinely ordered. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's not by coincidence. It's do, now. Are you involved with that organization at all, or or with the hospital, or do you still help people that are going through the same process, or even other? Uh, issues that they might have. Well, you know, you know that's that's a great question, and it's ironic that you asked that because um, one of uh, Dr. Chang's fellows, you know, those are kind of doctors sure. who who kind of are mentees of yes. the the top dog there. Um, he he offered to submit my name to the ophthalmology department to go and speak to oh, Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, because they, they often get uh, uh, doctors who come in and lecture them on the, sure. on the medical side. But right. he wanted the doctors to get a hold of the human side, the patient. What happens to the patient? What emotions are the patient uh, is the patient going through? So mm. you know, I'm waiting on that, and I'm very excited for that. I'm very that very really excited. Exciting. And again, that's going to be another another emotional moment because yes. May two May sixteenth, two thousand seventeen, I'm being rolled up to that hospital, and to be able to speak to the entire staff of the yeah. ophthalmology department years later is um it's surreal to say the least yeah that, that sounds no do you are you still in touch with the the individual that that you helped through the process too Absol- or absolutely absolutely we, we we are now brothers from another mother <laughs> <laughs> nice. and and what's what makes it more more ironic is that mm-hmm. we are from we couldn't be more opposite if you will mm-hmm in categories, you know, um, 
And I'll just say that, that, that we are kind of total opposite, but we have this one thing in common that makes us kindred, kindred spirits. You know, it's great. And he's able to see now as well. He is, he is, he is, he is, you know, and, um, you'll, you'll, you'll see at the end of the book, uh, for those who, who go and get it, it, it's a really, it's a really great ending to the book, you know, humorous, uh, it's just a, a really good way to end the book. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, at the end of the show, we'll provide, uh, the link and, sure. and such so people can actually get the book. Mm-hmm. That, that would be great. So uh, I, I know we, we didn't really touch upon that. You're, are you also doing relationship coaching too still, or is that something? Yeah. No, we do. My wife and I are certified relationship coaches. We have an organization called complete chocolate couples, and we created the organization to, to highlight, celebrate, healthy, happy relationships in the African-American community, because I believe there's a lot of negativity and negative stereotypes based around yeah. uh, relationships, not, really not just African-American relationships, um, but relationships in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, they get a bad rap. And we wanted to counter that and mm-hmm. let people know that there are healthy relationships out there. They should be celebrated. They should be highlighted. And not only are we promoting them, but we're we're providing techniques for folks to get to that happy place in their relationship or get to a better place. Yes. Because everyone in relationships, people in general, they either want to be in a relationship or they want to be in a better relationship. And the beautiful part about uh, what happens uh, with us, the more we seek information to give to our clients, the more information we have to utilize on our own relationship and to keep it healthy. So the reciprocity is is there. You know, again, that currency. You know, our our goal is to give, but in giving we receive. Yes, mm-hmm. and and I remember seeing on Facebook actually you made a video announcement. I don't know if I should bring this up or not, but but it was really uh, wonderful to see your union between your wife because you talk about relationship coaching and, and relationships, but you do you have a, a pattern or not a pattern, but a, a process that when you wake up every morning. Oh, how I how I uh, how I make love to my wife every morning. Yes, <laughs> and and that caught my eye. I was like. <laughs> Is this a family show? This is a family show. <laughs> but but it's okay. You can <laughs> Okay. Uh take the little ones out. Uh turn on uh Barney <laughs> or Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. <laughs> right. Um so yeah, I'll 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 elaborate. Um every every morning my wife and I, we make love. And we've been married 14 years, and our lovemaking is stronger than it's ever been. So here's what we do. The first thing I do when I wake up, I usually wake up before her, is I turn over and I whisper softly in her ear, I love you and you're beautiful. I want those to be the first words she hears when she wakes up. And that generally softly wakes her up. And I believe that with all my heart. My wife is beautiful and I do love her. She's my queen. The next thing we do, and and Dan, please, I, um, you know, 
I don't want uh, to get in trouble with uh, any governing bodies, but uh, I'll, I'll elaborate <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> the next thing we do is list five to 10 things that we're grateful for. Not together, but each of us. Mm-hmm. And why do we do that? I believe that you must be intentional in, in pointing your mind in the right direction. And to start vibrating on a positive frequency, nothing gets you there faster than gratitude. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You don't have to wake up and do anything to start thinking negative. <clears throat> All the stuff that happened yesterday, especially if you're watching the news, oh, forget about it. You know, that's why they call it programming. You know, we're being bombarded with all these negative images. You know, the world is coming to an end or just things that are going on in your own life, you know, or or the the dread of what is facing you today or tomorrow. So to really capture the now, which is all we really have is right now, because yesterday is gone. Tomorrow's not here. So to not rob ourselves of the joy of now, we intentionally list five to 10 things that we're each grateful for. Because I I believe in the the whole reticular activating system where, you know, whatever your dominant thoughts are, your mind will start to look for more more thoughts that are like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you have to be intentional about pointing your mind in a positive direction so that you can look at the glass half full. So that's the next thing we do. After that, we pray. We snuggle up together, her legs on mine, my foot on hers. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very mushy like that. I'm, um, Mm -hmm. I'm like a big six, two, 250 pound marshmallow. (laughs) (laughs) I love to cuddle and, uh, and we pray and our prayer is not one of God, please give me or please grant me. It is a prayer of God, thank you. Mm. Thank you for waking us up to this beautiful day. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for reminding us to love ourselves. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your divine protection that covers us, covers our children, our family, our loved ones, every second of every day. Everything that we affirm is thank you. Why? Because it implies that I already have it. And it is my belief that God has given me everything that I need and how I activate it is by saying thank you and really believing that I have it. Because when you think about it, when you say, please give me, that implies that I don't have it already. So that's that's our prayer routine. The next thing we do is we read uh, from the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13 chapters four, or excuse me, verses four through eight. And mm-hmm. it is it is <clears throat> the oldest blueprint in the world, in my opinion, about what love really is. Love mm-hmm. is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. And what that does is remind us what love mm-hmm. is, not just for each other and how to love each other, but how to love ourselves. Sometimes mm-hmm. we need to forgive ourselves. Sometimes we need to lighten up on ourselves. Sometimes we need to not be so judgmental of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So on a daily basis, we do it in the morning and we do it at night. We're constantly reminded of what love really is. And I believe when you're operating from a position of love and gratitude, I mean, you've got the universe and the abundance of the universe by a stronghold. 
you, you can't go wrong with those two things, yeah. gratitude and love. Just think about it. Just think about the world. If everyone operated from, you know, a posture of love, a frequency of love, you know, there'd be no war. There'd be no famine. There'd be no, no, no homelessness. It'd be none of that, you know, and, and listen, will it ever happen? I still have hope. I think, you know, it takes a collective consciousness and we can change this world around. But if we all operate from just those two, those two kind of dynamics, love and gratitude, yes. you can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agreed. That's wonderful. Is that from the new Testament or the old Testament? Those verses, just curious. Um, I, I think I, I'm not sure which testament it's from. Okay, but it is it is First Corinthians. Okay, I believe it's New Testament. If the I'm New not. Testament. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was just curious about that. Yeah. Is there any events that you're doing that's coming up soon, or are you speaking currently well, or virtually, or well, what's coming up for you? Well, great, great question. Thank you for that. Um, We've got the phenomenal Les Brown live event coming up in New York City, my hometown, <laughs> on August 14th. So anyone out there, uh, please stay tuned. Uh, we'll be promoting that heavily. And um, I have some local events going on in the New York City area. I have one Thursday, uh, one Wednesday, and I have another one next week. But in terms of virtual events, um, we just finished a phenomenal one yesterday with members of the Hungry uh, to Speak community, Dare to Dream. And um, I believe that that's going to be, you know, uh, on demand to watch uh, very shortly. So if you go to dare to dream dot team, the lovely Ramanda Jan is the leader of uh, of that uh, of that community. And yes. oh, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And I had the honor and the pleasure to be one of the co-hosts of the event. So much power, so much power in that event, so much motivation. So that's what's coming up for me. Uh, the biggest thing is the the uh, Hungry to Speak um, upcoming live event with Les Brown in New York City. I'm excited. Dan, are you coming through? I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm looking into that. Yes. Okay, good, yes. Yeah. good. Yeah, I want to. I want to eventually uh, meet you. Yes, <laughs> that would be wonderful. I, I, I would be very cool. Very, yeah. very cool. I think. I think. I know it would be. So, that's great. Yeah. Is there anything that um, I we're unfortunately getting close to our time? That's I fine. Wish we had more time because there's just so many questions that I have. Uh, but, but generally speaking, is there anything that you'd want to leave uh, the audience with uh, before we? we leave or, you know, some addresses, some, how they can get in touch with you. Sure. Where, that would be great. Sure. Well, you can, you can reach me. It's very simple. Uh, you can go to my website. If you want a signed autograph copy of the book, it's really good to see you. You can go to my website. It's really good to see you.com. Very simple. And everyone who goes there and orders the book from the website will get a personally signed autograph copy. It's also available on Amazon in ebook form, as well as paperback. Stay tuned for the hardback or, or the hardcover coming out within about two weeks as well. And in about two, two to three weeks, it'll be on all major platforms 
Barnes and Nobles. It'll be distributed all over. But for right now, it's on Amazon. And if you, again, want a signed copy of the book, go to my website. It's really good to see you.com. If you have any questions for me, you can connect with me through my website or directly by email at Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, at it's really good to see you.com. That's how you can reach me. And if I had to, to leave the audience with some parting words, it's, um, it's how I often close um, with uh, a statement that T.D. Jakes made. Hmm. It says, you know, if God were finished with you, you'd be dead. Hmm. So you still have something to contribute. And whether you're seven or 70, don't drop the mic. Don't let the enemy talk you in to dropping the mic. And the mic, dropping the mic is a metaphor for, in my opinion, not fulfilling your purpose. You know, we can chase everything. We can make sure that we have enough money, enough cars, enough jewelry, enough things. But nothing is more fulfilling than helping someone. So I challenge everyone out there today utilize your gifts. And we all know what our gifts are. We all know what we do that just comes easy. Think about how you can utilize that gift to help one person or help the world. And we can all make the world a better place. That's wonderful. Thank you, Stephen. And and thank you so much. I wish we had more time. <laughs> I always run out. I, w- I always say, this show's an hour long. And we're like, oh, that's a long time. But then <laughs> at the end of the hour, we're like, I have so many more questions. <laughs> and, and we didn't even get to the phone lines or anything. So that's fine. But, you know, maybe next time we can do actual phone calls and, and have people ask questions, which would be great. That's absolutely. If if I can, if I may, just one more thing. Oh, I would please. Like, I would like to pay honor to your, your mother, your queen. Oh, thank you who uh, this show is a result of her dream that came, yes. came, came to reality. So uh, I thank you to you and I thank you to your beautiful mom and her spirit. I'm sure she, she thanks you and yeah. your spirit. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Stephen. And, and love to have you again sometime when you're. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, Thank you, everyone. I just wanted to to say, do something. My mother always used to say this. Uh, do something nice for yourself and do something nice for others. And you'll hear her in a second. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Cindy Gilman, and you're listening to Discover Your Potential. So until next time, do something nice for yourself, but do something nice for someone else. In every way, every day, I need less of myself, I need more of him. More of him, because he is the only one.